Awesome. What's up, Central? How you guys doing? Doing good? Nice. Well, hey, my name's Tim. I get to serve as one of the pastors here, and I'm so honored that you decided to join us to kick off your week with us here at Central. I want to give a special shout out, not only to those of you here in the room, but also to those of you joining us online. We are honored that you're with us. Come check us out. If you're in the Bay Area, let's give it up. Let's give it up for them. We're glad that you're here with us. Well, have you ever wondered what happens to people when they die? Uh, Maybe you've asked yourself this question. I wonder what lies ahead of me in this life when I pass from this life to the next life. Well, today we're tying a bow on this message series that we've entitled As You Wish. Uh, It's not just a reference to The Princess Bride, although that's a great movie. Uh, But on Easter 2019, we gave you a survey. And every Easter, I plan to give this survey because uh, that's the one Sunday out of the year that everyone decides to show up at once. And so it's a great time to get get a pulse on what's happening. And uh, ask some questions. What do you want to hear about? And you said, uh, man, we want to hear about how to deal with stress. How do I deal with the stress in my life? And and man, if, if... if the God of heaven really wants to talk to me, how do I have this conversation, want to hear about prayer? And then you said, man, if, if God who created the universe has a plan and a purpose for my life, how do I live out my purpose on a daily basis? We've talked about those three topics. And, and then today you said, hey, I want to know about, about heaven. Like what, what is life like on the other side of, of this life? And I'm not really surprised that you asked that question because the Bible says this in Ecclesiastes 3.11. says that he has set eternity into the human hearts. Like this idea, like whether you're, you're here today and you're a Christian, maybe you're an atheist, maybe you claim to be an agnostic, maybe you're just like, I don't even know why I'm here, but I'm just, I'm just here, and that's awesome. We're really glad that you're here. But here's what's true for every one of us here in the room under the sound of my voice, that God has put eternity into our hearts. And, and we want to know, like, God, what do you have for us? What's, what's life like beyond this life? And so we're going to tackle that topic today, and, and I'm thankful that you guys ask easy questions. I mean, hey... What the heck, man? How to deal with stress? What's heaven like? What's my purpose? Like, and so people invest literally their entire lives studying these topics and, and, and coming up with solutions, practical uh, next steps in each of these. And so today we're just going to do a flyby kind of on this topic of heaven. There's a lot more that could be said, uh, a lot more scriptures that, that could be shared. Uh, but in your program that you received on the way in, there are some additional resources on the back if you want to explore this further. Uh, but, uh, but make sure you you can pull these out, follow along if you would like. All the fill in the blanks begin with R uh, today. I don't know if that's like the pirate in me. R. No, that's a bad joke, bad joke. Um, here's what statistics say on the topic of heaven. 80%, 80% of people in America today believe in heaven. Uh, I think there's a lot of misconceptions, however, when it comes to this topic of heaven. Uh, Starbucks, a few years ago, they, had, they came out with these series of cups that, that, that were entitled the, the Way I See It. And you may remember, if you're a Starbucks fan, cup number 230, this guy named Joel, a columnist from L.A., he wrote this on the topic of heaven. He said this, he said, uh, heaven is totally overrated, seems boring, clouds, listen to people play harps. It, it could be somewhere that, that you, it should be somewhere that you'd want to go, like a luxury hotel, Maybe blue skies and soft music were enough to, to keep people in line in the 17th century, but heaven's going to have to step up its game a little bit. They're basically getting by because they only have to be a little bit better than hell. Fair enough, Joel. Respect your opinion. Uh, Farside comic uh, came out with this comic. Check this out. <laughs> I wish I would have brought a magazine, right? Like, a lot of people think this is, this is heaven. Like, we're just be floating on clouds. Like, 
listen to soft heart music and like, I should have brought a magazine to entertain, entertain myself. Well, in the Bible, there's this guy named Peter, and, and Peter was just a normal dude. Uh, he, he was a, a fisherman, loved to fish. He was a business owner. And, and Peter began to follow this guy named Jesus. And he went, he went all in with Jesus. And he actually would end up giving his life in service, in following Jesus. And, and Peter wrote these words. He says uh, in 1 Peter 3, or 1, verse 3 through 4, says this, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy... We've been born again. And that, that can be true for all of us. Uh, God, the creator of the universe, in relationship with Jesus, offers this relationship to us that begins with inward heart transformation. It changes us from the inside out. And it's almost like at the end of the day, when you look back, it's like, I'm a different person. I'm not who I used to be. I'm not necessarily who I want to be, but I'm not who I used to be. It's like I've been I'm a, I'm born again. And that's available. We've been born again. And, and because... God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And because of that reality, now we live with great expectation. Great expectation. Because we have this priceless inheritance. You know, the authors of Scripture often are like, it's too wonderful to even begin to describe. He's like, we've got this priceless inheritance. I can't even put into words how, how awesome this inheritance is. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond reach of change. Or decay. Great expectation. I don't think blue clouds and, and heart music is what led Peter to say, I live with great expectation right here, right now. I think he knew something that maybe Joel, maybe, maybe Farsight Comics didn't necessarily take hold of. So today we're going to do a flyby on heaven once again and cram a lot of scripture, a lot of theology into uh, these next few brief moments as we look at the reality of heaven and how how the reality of what will take place then should impact our life right now. So we're going to, two parts. One, we're going to look at heaven. And two, how, how, how should, how does this apply to my life as I go to work, to school, uh, throughout my daily life tomorrow? 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18 is a, it's a powerful passage. It's a chunk of scripture. We're going to read it today. I've, I've read this several times at memorials and gravesides because it gives such a, a, a great picture of the reality uh, that, that will take place. And here's what it says. It says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know. Like the Bible, the, the, the authors of Scripture didn't want to hold anything back. They wanted you to have a, a glimpse of what the realities will take place in that time and, and how the realities of heaven should inform our lives now. And we really see heaven as, as it is, man, even our bad days here on earth actually have a purpose and, and meaning behind them. We want you to know what will happen to believers who have have died so that you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. Uh, we tell you this directly from the Lord. A lot of authority there. Uh, we who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the arch, archangel, with the trumpet call of God. The first, the Christians who have died will be raised from their graves. Then, together with them, we who are still alive and remain on earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. Like there's great things to come. There's so much 
there that uh, maybe take some time digesting some of that and asking questions in your groups in the days ahead on those things. But there it is. That, that's what's going to happen. But what, what about heaven itself? What about the realities of heaven itself? So if you're taking notes, this is where it begins with the fill in the blanks. Here's what's true about heaven. Number one, uh, heaven is a real place. Heaven is a a real place. Some people have tried to argue that heaven is like this state of mind, that after this life we just go into this unconscious state of, of being. However, the Bible makes it clear that heaven is a very real place. John 14, uh, 2 through 3 says this. Uh, this is Jesus speaking. He says this, I'm going, to prepare, I'm going to prepare a place for you. He's not going to prepare a state of mind for you. He's going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me. So that you also may be where I am. Like, it's a, it's a place. He's got a place in mind for you. Revelation 21, 21 tells us that, that in this place called heaven, there's these gates that are made of pearls and these streets that are laid with gold. And it's like the author of Revelation is like trying to put into human words what he's actually experiencing, what he's actually seeing at this time. And, and he just highlights for us like the realities of heaven are so great, so grand, that, that what we, is most treasured here on earth is like, it's like asphalt there. Not, not a whole lot to it. The things that we, we most prize will be a mere afterthought in the realities of heaven because it's so so awesome. I'm just saying heaven's a real place and the realities of heaven will blow our, our minds. Uh, we're not going to be floating on clouds. You're not going to be bored. Uh, you're going to be blown away by what you experience there. Uh, Charles Ferguson Ball said this, heaven is a place, just as much a place as New York City or Chicago. Like it's a real place and we're going to really see it one of these days. Heaven's a real place. Second fill in the blank, heaven is a, a right place. Heaven's a right place. Uh, there's coming a day where God is going to make everything right. No more traffic jams, no more pollution, no more fear, no more sickness, no more mental illness, no more ICU, no more NICU, no more insurance, no more terrorism, no more mass shootings, no more Cubs fans. I mean, it is going to be a good, <laughs> good place. Wish Kim was here. <laughs> Uh, it's described as this perfect place, right, where everything is made right. I mean, like the Krispy Kreme light is always on. You know what I mean? Like it is good. It's a good place. Revelation 21.4 says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Uh, there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the older things have passed away. Like it's a, it's a good place. It's a whole place. It's a, it's a right place. Third, heaven is a relational place. Uh, they're going to have relationships there. You're going to get to see people. It'll be a great reunion with people, friends, family members, loved ones that you haven't, that have gone on before us. Like, I, I can't wait to go to heaven to see my grandma again, see my grandpa again, see friends that have gone on before me. It's going to be a, a reunion for all of eternity. Revelation 21.3 says, Then I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. He will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them, and he, they, he will be their, their God. There's going to be a great reunion. You're going to get to meet Moses and, and Paul and David and Abraham and Isaac and Esther and, and all these heroes of, of the faith. You get to ask Martin Luther King, like, hey, tell me about that. 
What, what were you experiencing there? How did you have courageous faith in that moment? But more than meeting loved ones, more than this great reunion with heroes of the faith, man, you're going to get to be with God face to faith in all of his glory and all of his splendor, all of his majesty. He will be, be able to see him just as he fully sees you right now. Right, right now, uh, we get glimpses, right? It's time to time we get this little image. God, you're so awesome. You're so big. But we're going to get to see him fully in that moment. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. Heaven is a relational place of perfect unity. Revelation 22, 2 says this, uh, on each side of the river, there stood this tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, like the seasons will still exist. Is that something God's worked into creation? The new heaven, new earth will have that. The leaves of the tree, check this out, are for the healing of the nations. One of the awesome things about heaven is that there will not be racial or cultural divides. The Bible says that the, the fruit of this tree bring healing to the nations. That word nations there is the word ethnos. We get our word ethnicity from it. But the, in heaven, the reality of heaven, all ethnicities, all cultures will be as one as they should be, as God intended for them to be. And you know what? If anyone should get this racial equality thing figured out, surely, it's, surely it should be his church. As we pull down a little slice of heaven into a place like this. Check this out. Revelation 7, 9 through 10 says, after this, I saw a vast crowd, too, too great to count, like too numerous to count, this sea of, of people from every nation, tribe, and people, and language. There's over 7,000 language represented on our earth right now today, and they're all there before the throne, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb, and they were shouting with a great roar. I mean, one voice in unison with unity. They're shouting, salvation belongs to God who sits on the throne and to the land. Like they're just worshiping Jesus with perfect, perfect unity. It's awesome. And I would just say it again. If anyone should figure that out, I think it should be the church. I think we should get that. We should get that figured out. Amen? With that? Yeah. Part of being in heaven is that there will be no more racial divides. There will be no more... Uh, judging, only, only be judged by the content of your character, not by the color of your skin. That's the way it should be right now. Heaven's a real place. Heaven's a right place. Heaven's a relational place. And then fourth, heaven is a rewarding place. Heaven's a rewarding place. You might ask, well, Tim, are you, you doing all this for a reward? Yep. I am. You know, I, I, my, my goal is to live my life in such a way that on that day when I stand before him, when I fall on my face before him, I'll hear him say, you know what, Tim, well done. Well done. You did it. You didn't do it right all the time. You didn't get it per. I, I get that. But man, well done. Well done, good and faithful. He laid down his life to rescue broken people like us. Salvation is a free gift that no one can earn. Salvation was God's work for me. Rewards are the results of my work for God. As a matter of fact, God's looking forward to rewarding you for your work here on earth. Revelation 22:12 reads this, "Behold, I'm coming soon, and my reward is with me." Like, like he's like, "I'm not going to leave it in. I'm just going to I'm going to bring my reward with. I'm going to give it. I'm so eager to give it to you. I'm not going to leave it there. I'm going to bring it with me so I can give it to you quick, fast, and in a hurry. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done." That word reward literally means repayment. It's like, wait a minute, you want to you repay me? Like, after who you are, all you've done for me, you want? He's like, yeah, I know. 
I know. You're like, wait, no, 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 no. God, you're not going to repay me. He's like, I know, I know you don't want it, but, but I, I, I'm God, and I get, to, I get to call the shots here. And he's going to be like, hey, you know that text you sent to encourage that individual? No one else saw it, but I, but I saw it. I'm going to reward you. you. You know, every time you, you attended one and you served one, and some people might have thought it was mundane, but, but man, you did it as unto me, and I, I just want you to know I made note of that. I got my reward. I'm going to repay you for that. Every time you, you served with, with honor, with character, every time you, you carried yourself with dignity, every time you, you did it as unto the Lord, man, he's, I saw that. I'm going to honor you for that. Every time you invest in things of eternal matters, he will reward you. Listen, heaven's going to be an awesome place for everyone. But the Bible indicates it will not be the same for everyone. In the same way that hell will be awful for everyone. I do not believe it will be the same for everyone. Your life is really all about finding him. And once we find him, it's all about leveraging our life for him. Matthew 16, 27 says this. For the Son of Man will come. Let me just pause there. He's coming. He's coming. Part of my job is just to pause in moments like this and just remind you, hey, he's coming. Don't get too comfortable. We live in California. It's awesome. Like, we complain when it's over 90. We complain when it's below 45. We live in an awesome spot. Don't get too comfortable, though. He's coming. He's coming. Here's what he says. In my father's, I'm coming in my Father's glory with the angels, and he will reward each person. Reward each person according to what they have done, which leads us to the application portion of this, this message on the backside of this bad boy right here. Living for eternity informs me that I should do a couple things differently. In reality of return, in light of eternity, I, it should inform me how to live my life a little bit differently right now. And number one is this: I should refocus my energies, refocus my energies on things that matter for eternity. At the end of the day, eternity is is now. Here's the reality: you will live forever. Yeah, I will live forever. There's coming a day when when this body of mine might get put in a box in a place like this. But I want you to know in that moment, as Billy Graham said, you hear Tim Perkins is dead. Don't believe it for a moment. I'll be more alive in that moment than ever before. And that's true for you too. Your body might get put in a box one day, but you're going to live on forever. Therefore, now should determine later, and later should determine right, right now. That's really what Jesus said in, in Matthew 6, 19 through 20. It says, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. In other words, refocus your energy on things that will matter for eternity. When I understand the reality of heaven, my future will be motivated by my present. Uh, I want to ask Dennis to come up and help me with this real quick, this next illustration. Uh, Dennis, you, you stay right there, man. Stay right there. You're good. You're good. You're good. Take this rope here. All right. Here, take this. All right. We're going to do this. A little something like this. All right. This is long enough rope. All right. Good. Perfect. Now, where should we make the dot? Should we make it here? Sure. Oh, sure. Jenny, thanks for commenting. Perfect. Jenny, this is, you're going to prepare to be amazed. Right there it is. Check it out. Look at this. This dot is awesome. It was right here on this dot where your mom and dad planned for you. 
where they prayed for you. That day you were born, you came out of the wound with great gusto. Like, the doctor didn't spank you, you're ready to spank the doctor that day. You remember that? Like, it was awesome right here. You were fired up, baby. I love it. You grew, you learned to walk, and, and your parents, they cheered you on. He took his first steps. That's awesome. Right here. Right here on that dot. Right here on the, you hit that game-winning home run. Everyone cheered and went crazy. You're like, my name was in the paper, baby, right? Boom, right there. You went to high school, graduated top of your class. It was awesome. Went off to college so you could make that paper, baby. Got that good job, didn't you? It was awesome. Right here on this dot, right there it was. And you invested well. You saved up. Man, you were able to retire at the age of 62, and all your classmates were jealous at your reunion. It was awesome. You lived in California, baby. Who doesn't get better than that? Retired, had grandkids, spoiled the snot out of them. It was awesome. And then one day, Jesus said, your time here is up. You went off to heaven. All happened right here on this dot. And this line, if you would imagine this rope, not only going from Dennis to me, but wrapping around the earth hundreds and thousands of times, begin to get a little bit of a picture of the reality of heaven and the temporary nature of life here on earth. Therefore, the reality of heaven, rather than living for the dot, let's be people who choose to live for the rope. Let's not focus on things right here, right now, where moth and rust destroy, where people can can break in and steal my stuff, where we need Arlo and Nest and all this. No, 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 no. I'm going to focus my energy on heaven, where moth and rust don't destroy, where thieves can't break in and steal. One of my favorite quotes is from this movie called Gladiator. And the gladiator tells his buddies, he says, hey, boys, what we do here today, it's going to echo throughout eternity. It's going to echo. It's going to be ripple effects throughout eternity for what you do right here, right now. The way we interact with people, the conversations that we have, the way we serve, the way we invest our time, our talents and resources. We're laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven. And here's the reality. Some of us, we can choose to live for the dot, and that's your prerogative. And and the dot's pretty awesome here in the great state of California. But I'm just saying there's a whole lot more to come. Let's be people who refocus our energy and invest wisely. Let's give it up for Dennis, too. Dennis. Even a Dodgers fan. Hey, we're imperfect people in progress. It's all good. All good, Big D. (laughs) That's why 2 Corinthians 4.18 says this. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. What is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Living for eternity reminds me that I should refocus my energy, but also reminds me that I need to reach people. I need to reach some people. Living for eternity reminds me that I need to be helping people find and follow Jesus right now. Jude 1, 22 through 23 says this, be merciful to those who doubt. Like, like those in your circle of influence who doubt, like be, be gracious, be kind, be patient, be merciful. And he says, snatch others from the fire and save them. Like there's this, this sense of urgency to this whole deal. Like our time here is short. Two things you'll never be able to do in heaven. Two things. You might write these down. Two things I'll never be able to do in heaven. One is sin, right? Because sin results in brokenness, and brokenness won't exist in heaven. Every time I, I sin, I, I create a little bit more brokenness in my life and in my, my circle of influence. 
But, but heaven will be a whole place where, where brokenness can't exist and therefore sin won't be able to exist in heaven. Won't be able to do that. Uh, I'm not saying make the most of it right here, right now. I'm just saying won't be able to do that there. Uh, second thing I won't be able to do is tell other people about Jesus. I won't be able to tell people about, about the saving grace of Jesus. So if there's something that you'd want them to know then, well, we better tell them right now. That's why we live our lives here on earth as everyday missionaries in our everyday mission field. Some of you, man, you're going to go off to, to Apple tomorrow, and that's where you work, and they sign your paycheck, and that's, that's awesome. But more importantly than that, that is your mission field. That is your everyday mission field where you go as an everyday missionary to help people find and follow Jesus. Some of you are part of the PTA, and that's awesome. You do that to help your teachers, and that's, that's a great thing to be a part of. However, God has put you in that position to be an everyday missionary in an everyday mission field to help people find and follow Jesus. That coffee shop might be the most convenient one in your route on the way to work. However, God has strategically orchestrated your path so that you can be an everyday missionary, living in an everyday mission field to tell that barista about the saving grace of Jesus. Living for eternity means that I should refocus my energy. I should, should focus on reaching people. Revelation 22:17 says this. The spirit and the bride say, come on in. They, they, they say, uh, and let him who hears say, say come. Whoever is thirsty, let them come. Whoever wishes, let them take from the free gift, the free water of, of eternal life. Like, like that's, that's, we live with that mindset, this mantra. Say, hey, come on, come on in, boys. The water's fine. That's good. Let's follow. Find hope, find healing in Jesus. Third, renew my relationship with God. I should renew my relationship with God. Here's the challenging reality. People die. You say, well, that's, that's blunt. I know, but Google tells me 100% of people thus far die. Statistics show, on average, that three people die every second. By the time the service is over, 14,000 people will move from time into eternity. Three people, every second. You say, well, Tim, that's really harsh. I don't know. <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. Let me say it another way. There's this guy went to the doctor with his, uh, with his wife. Uh, this dude was having uh, chest pains. He's stressed out, working too much, going too hard for too long. Goes to the doctor, says, doc, I, I need some help. Can you help me? She said, the doc's female said, yeah, absolutely. I can help you. Um, and so I, I got a plan. At the end of the consultation, she says, hey, sir, I'm going to ask you to step out. I just want to talk to your wife for a moment. He says, okay. Uh, so the dude steps out, and his wife's in there with this doc. And the doc says, hey, I want you to get out a piece of paper. I'm going to give you some, some next steps. And I want you to write this down like you're fulfilling the prescription for this dude, for your husband that you love. She says, okay. So she gets out her pen, right? She says, here's the deal. Your husband's really stressed out. We need to remove some stress from his life. So first thing, once you write down, in the morning when he wakes up, I need you to have his coffee ready, his breakfast made, his clothes starched, ready to roll. So he doesn't have to think about that stuff. Don't want to stress, we don't want to stress him out. Got it. Made note. Second thing I want you to do, when he comes home for lunch, he's, gonna, he's already been through some meetings, had some tough, tough conversations. I want you to have his lunch ready for him. And he's going to need a little bit of a power nap, so rub his back. While he takes a power nap, right? right. Make sure you write that down. Yep, got it. 
And then she said, this is the most important, probably the most important piece of advice I can give you at all, all, all together. You need to have a lot of sex, just a whole lot of sex. Like at least twice a day. That, that's the bottom shelf. We can go higher. Bottom shelf. Lots of sex. Write that down. Yep, got it. Wife leaves and gets back in the car with her husband. They're driving, driving home, and, and husband's like, hey, that's a little weird. You know, doctor asked me to step out so she could talk to you. What, what'd she say? Wife looks at her husband and says, she said, you're going to die. That's what she said. She said, you're about to die. That's probably a nicer way to put it. Even though one day our bodies are going to go into a box, even though one day we're going to die, 2 Peter 3, 13 through 14 says this, but in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of the righteous. In light of that, so then, so then, dear friends, since we are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. How you doing today? Where are you at, Matt? For some of us, the best next step for us is just renew our relationship with God, because in the end, nothing else really even matters. And I get it, the gravitational pull of life pulls us to right here, right now. Gravitational pull of life forces us to try to fill up our calendars with things that don't really matter for eternity, but today, maybe he's just asking us to recalibrate on things that will make an eternal impact if you want to start that relationship today, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that in just a moment. But in closing, heaven is a real place. Heaven is a right place. It's a relational place, and it's a rewarding place. Therefore, in light of those realities, let's refocus our energy on things that have eternal value. Let's reach people in our circle of influence because our time here, man, is short. Let's renew our relationship with God because at the end of the day, it's all that matters. Now determines later, so later should determine now. Imagine what your life will be like when you allow the future to motivate you in the present. What would this week look like if you lived with eternity in mind? Everyone here in the room, man, we have a, we have a choice. We can choose to live for this little dot right here, or we can choose to live for, for the rope choice is really up to up to us what you do today will echo throughout eternity imagine the impact you're going to make not only here on earth but the rewards you'll get to enjoy in heaven forever let's pray well father we thank you for your love and god we thank you for your radical grace your rescuing power we thank you for the promise that you're going to prepare a place for us, and we look forward to all the realities of heaven. And Father, I pray that we would live with a sense of urgency, not living for the temporary, but God, living for the things that matter for eternity. So maybe you're here today, and, and you've come into this place, and you say, you know what, I, I need to renew my relationship with Jesus. I, maybe you've never started a relationship with God. Today would just be a matter of coming to him and saying, hey, here's my life. I'm going all in in this deal. I believe that, that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe that, that God wrote, made him come up from the grave on the third day, and because he's alive, I believe I can experience new life in him. 
And if you want to begin that journey today, you can just say a simple prayer along with me in this moment with every head bowed, every eye closed. God, I recognize I've made some mistakes. I've blown it. Not only violated what you've asked of me, I, I violated my own, my own standards as well. So God, today I'm asking you to forgive me. God, would you give me a fresh start and a new beginning? I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose again. And I believe that in my heart and I'm confessing that with my mouth right now. And I just believe because of what took place on the cross, my sins are forgiven. Today's the first day of the rest of my life. Now, God, I give my, my whole, you just go ahead and tell them this. I'm giving all to you. All that I am is yours, God. Have your way in my life. In Jesus' name, amen.